Hey, this is Dylan, I'm the Associate and Children's Minister here at Plum Creek Christian Church. And if you're listening to this, either it's because you were a follow-up from a previous message that I preached on July 14th, 2019, about the Eighth Command, Thou shalt Not Steal, or perhaps you're on here because you've happened to stumble across this, uh, this message And if you have not listened to that message that was preached on the 14th, I'd encourage you to do that. It's, um, like I said, the title was Thou Shall Not Steal. Great message. The, The point of that whole message was around this fact that God has given us this command to not take, but rather what the Apostle Paul does with it, and of course Paul's speaking under the supernatural guidance of the Spirit, he tells us in Ephesians that we should rather work for what we have, and that we should give away what we have. And uh, this is totally and completely an idea that we get from Jesus, because as Paul tells us over in 2 Corinthians, that Jesus, though he was rich, became poor for our sake so that we might become rich. And the more that we begin to wrap our minds and our heads around this idea that Jesus gave up everything became literally and entirely poor for our sake so that we could live eternally with God and and, and have this wonderful, magnificent, extremely glorious, eternal home. It's not until we wrap our hearts and minds around that can we understand and begin to be sacrificially generous. That was the whole point of that message. And, And like I said, if you have not heard that message, I'd encourage you to go ahead and stop right here and go and listen to that. But if you have heard that message, you would know that this is kind of a part two. Um, There was a lot in my study throughout the week to get ready for that message that I felt the need to still talk about, but just didn't have the time to. And uh, in that message, we talked about and started with what stealing is and trying to define that, that it's not this very narrow thing, that it's actually a pretty broad thing that it's not just taking uh, maybe a pack of gum from the grocery store or uh, a a robber going and stealing an old lady's purse as they're walking down the street. Rather, it's even things like stealing time uh, from your employer, like you're sitting and and not being productive when you're being paid uh, to get a job and a task done. And it's really this disposition of the heart. But then we talked about, two the two reasons why someone might steal. We said there are two reasons. One was they need something they cannot afford or they want something they cannot afford. And again, looking at that message, you might remember that that whole needing something they can't afford, I wasn't able to really really get into that entirely because that whole question really brings up a big ethical question, an ethical dilemma really, that is it okay for someone who needs something to steal it, to take it, um, and uh, that is, like I said, a huge ethical debate um, in um, modern ethical problems of is it okay if you are only faced with two wrong moral choices to choose one of those? And so that's what I wanted to spend some time looking at. And so I wanted to pose this scenario to help maybe put some flesh on what I'm saying. Let's think about a mother who, her and her children, they haven't eaten in days. She has no money, no way of getting money, and so she has this choice that she has to make. She can steal food in order to provide for her children, in order for them to survive, or she doesn't, and they starve. So here we have two 
choices she can make. And we call this principle the lesser of the two evils because the situation that I've just proposed to you, she has one or two choices to make, but both choices are not good choices because the first choice is to steal. So that's morally wrong. We already talked about that on Sunday morning. But the other choice is to not steal, but then her family doesn't have anything to eat. And so they're going to not be able to survive. They'll die. And and that's not good because we've talked about and established here before that God values human life. And and so to to not do that, to not be able to do that, both of those are wrong choices. And, And so she's put in this ethical dilemma. What ought she do? Another scenario, too, um, not related to stealing, but is about lying. Is it okay to lie in order to protect someone's life? For example, if you think back uh, to the time when people were potentially uh, hiding um, Jewish people in order to protect them from the Nazi regime, was it okay if the Nazis came knocking on their door and you're hiding Jews in your home, was it okay for you to lie in order to protect these Jews? See, two choices, both of them ethically wrong, right? It's wrong to lie, it's wrong to steal, but it's also wrong to, to give someone up who's going to be abused, you know, in the example of the um, Jews being taken by the Nazis, abused and even put to death, or uh, to not steal and to let your family starve. So what should you do? What, what's the justifiable, justifiable, acceptable thing to do? And what I want to do this to, today is just kind of give you some principles um, that you can perhaps uh, have in your mind in case you're ever put in these types of situations. Like I said, we call this the lesser of the two evils principle. It's a big philosophical debate in uh, ethics and morality. But I first should um, preface all of this to say because of the type of world that we live in, a world that is fallen and depraved, uh, that's full of sin and suffering, these situations do exist. There are times um, where you are faced with a choice and um, both, whether you decide to move towards direction A or direction B, both of them are morally wrong and that is um, because of the world we live in. But it's typically not the normal. It's the exception to the rule. But let me give you some, perhaps some helpful tools and some things to, um, to consider um, and how I would counsel you um, and how I believe the word counsels us uh, to proceed in this type of situation. I would encourage you to ask questions. You know, if you're faced with a decision where both choices are morally wrong, you, you need to ask questions like, which option is least damaging to the Christian witness to the glory of God? Really, when it comes to ethics and morality, we see a lot of times in the New Testament the motivation for that was that we as Christ followers should remain moral and ethical, outstanding citizens, because if we don't, it can hurt our witness, right? I mean, we've all heard those things before uh, of uh, people not coming to church because Christians are hypocritical, and and that's the whole concept that um, Jesus and his followers wanted to avoid, that that we don't become like the rest of the world, that we um, become more and more like Christ. So if you're faced with this situation where you have to choose two between two evils, you need to ask that question, which option is least damaging to the Christian witness to the glory of God? 
Another potential question to ask is which option is least damaging to others? We know that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And the second, the Bible says, is like it. It's to love others as yourself. Um, others is the motivation and the heart of the kingdom. That was another uh, thing that I discussed and we brought out in the message uh, about not stealing, that uh, other focus is kingdom living and kingdom thinking. And so if you're faced with an ethical dilemma where you have to choose between two evils, a good question and a good thing to consider is which option, if I choose A over B, is that option least damaging to others? And the last question that I would encourage you to consider is which option is least damaging to myself? So perhaps um, others are not involved, or or maybe even if they are, which option's uh, least damaging to myself? The reality is every person, every human being is made in the image of God and has worth, meaning, value, and purpose. And so that question of self-preservation, it's worth asking in this consideration. So let's go back to our example that we had, the mother who needs to steal in order to feed her children. Now, those three questions that I uh, taught you to consider, which option's least damaging to the Christian witness to the glory of God, which option is least damaging to others, and which option is least damaging to myself? If we consider those three questions, what would you counsel the woman to do? Now, I would say that most of us, and even myself included, we would say feed your children. Starving kids is more damaging than stealing a $3 loaf of bread. But there's a little bit more that we need to consider and think about than just these questions. Because after those questions, you've asked those questions, you need to make sure that you've explored every option. And what I mean by that is don't be misled by a false dilemma. My wife, Cassie, she loves me for this kind of thing because this is what I call a false choice. That sometimes we think when we're put in a situation that we have to choose A or B. But the reality is, if we look at the whole situation, there may be more than one option. You don't have to just choose A or B because there may be an option C or D or E or F and all the way to Z. So let's go back to our example. Let's take the mother who has a choice to steal or to feed her children. Is this a false dilemma? Can you think of another potential uh, choice that she can make that would keep her from stealing and also keep her from her children not starving? What's something else she could do? Is there another choice she can make where she doesn't have to steal? And she could also provide for her children. I would say, in this instance, it actually is a false choice. She doesn't have to choose between those two options. She may have another very honorable and even moral choice, and that be to ask the store owner if they would buy or give her a piece of bread. Right? She could. She doesn't have to steal or her children starve. She could ask someone to provide for her family. So in that situation, although at first it seemed like to us this, she only had two options, two choices, there's actually a third option. And it's a moral and and honorable option to ask for so that she doesn't have to steal. 
And the last thing that I want you to catch in this whole thing, in this whole discussion about choosing between two evils, because there are, like I said, it is real because of the fallen world that we live in. Sometimes we have to choose between two evils. Sometimes we're faced in a dilemma, in a situation where both choice A and B is the only choices we have, um, and we've got to decide what ought we do. I already have given the example of uh, the Nazi who comes knocking on your door and, and you're hiding Jews in your home. And that, I, I mean, in my mind, perhaps potentially there's another, uh, a third choice in that. But really, let's say there, there's not a third choice. You only have two choices. You either lie or you, um, or you give over these Jews to the Nazis. What should you do? Um, and like I said, after you've considered those questions of which options least damaging to the Christian witness or to the glory of God, which options least damaging to others, which options least damaging to myself. And also, uh, once you've realized and considered all the possible options and you realize that there's, it's not a false choice, a false dilemma, that you really only have two choices, um, and, and perhaps this is really where we need to start, you need to make sure that you're seeking the observation and the counsel of God's word and of others. So figure out, are there stories or teachings within the Bibles that would help us make this kind of decision? Think about the story of lying in order to protect people. We do get a story of that in the Bible, like Rahab who lied to protect the spies, the people that she was hiding in her home, a story that we can find in the Old Testament. So then we can look at that story or look at teachings inside of the scriptures and figure out how we should proceed and, and move forward. But also not just the scriptures. We also should seek out wise counsel. Other people who are studied or, or have a, a heart for God and are wanting um, the best for you and also wanting the best for the kingdom, that we ask them, how should we proceed in this type of situation? Now, sometimes you and I, we don't have time uh, to seek out and read through the Bible to figure out because in the example of the person who has to lie to save lives and protect lives, they don't have time to sit there and read the whole Bible, you know, and say, wait, 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 I need to think about what I should do here. No, they, they need to make a choice in that moment. And so this is why it's important for us to study the Bible. There's a lot of important reasons why we should study it, but one of them is so that we can face and make ethical choices that are moral and that are according to God's word because every day we're faced with choices that we have to make and we always need to be asking what is God's will in this what would Christ do and the more we know and understand God's word the more we're able to make that wise choice and that wise decision so let's get back to our dilemma here these lesser of two evil principles and let's say that at the end of the day, you've explored all the options. You realize you really only have two choices. You've sought out wise counsel, and you realize you're, you're really only left with the two choices, and both of them are evil. Both of them are wrong. You've asked those questions about what, what option is least damaging to the kingdom of God, which option is less damaging to others and, and, and to myself. And, and you're here, and now what do you do? You're only left with those two choices. What should you do? And this is where I would counsel you to act with confidence, but also humility. So act with confidence, but do it in humility. Act with confidence. What I mean by that is that 
you, if you've done your due diligence and your work and you've asked those questions, you've sought that counsel, you realize you really don't have any other choice, you should be confident in that. Be confident in the choice that you're going to make, that you explored all the options, that this is the best conclusion that you could come to. But also, even though you're acting with confidence, you also need to act with humility. That once you make that decision, you still recognize that even though I'm making this decision and it's the only choice I have to make, you still need to recognize it's still wrong. And you realize that it's wrong, that it's still an evil. Even if it's the only choice that you had, it's still a wrong, it's still an evil. Now, some ethicists, they like to say, well, if you only have two choices, then that choice that you end up making, the lesser of the two evil, it actually becomes a good. And, and I would just counsel you to say, no, it's still an evil. It's still wrong. And so you should act with confidence. Go ahead and make the choice, make the decision, but realize it's still wrong. And have this repentant heart. Go to God and say, you know what? I, I, this is the best I could do. Go humbly before him. That's the heart that God desires and that he wants, a humble heart. Go before him. God, I I sought your word. I sought wise counsel. This is the best conclusion I could come to. These are the choices that I had. And and this is what I decided to do. And and so I repent because I know I still did a wrong. And this is what's beautiful about the gospel because even in our wrong, the grace of God comes through And he sees your heart and he forgives us of all of our wrongs because the wrongs were taken care of on the cross. So here we are, back to our reasoning and our rationale of uh, uh, and wrapping it up and trying to help us understand better the the message of the sermon on thou shalt not steal. The two reasons given of why someone might steal, because they want something they cannot afford or they need something they cannot afford. And in the instance of needing something that you cannot afford, um, as I taught um, in this message, but also as I believe the scriptures, more importantly, what I believe the scriptures teach us, is even if you have to steal in order to provide for your family something you need, um, that that's still a moral wrong. Theft is always morally wrong. However, God forgives And also God provides. And that was another key thing that I want you to hear about this, that if you're faced in a situation where you have to steal because you need something you cannot afford, um, remember that passage from Matthew, that God knows and he cares about your needs. Matthew chapter 6, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll wear, what you'll drink. God knows your needs. He cares about them. He'll provide for you. And what he tells us to do, what Jesus tells us to do there, is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, our basic needs, they'll be provided for. And really, this whole message about theft and about this command of not stealing is really summarized in that verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Even what Paul tells us over in Ephesians when he says those who are stealing should steal no more but should work so that they might have something and be able to share with others. Again, seeking the kingdom first. If we're putting our eyes and fixing our eyes on Christ and his kingdom, everything else in the world just seems to not matter. Our things don't matter. Our stuff doesn't matter. Our image doesn't matter. None, nothing else matters. 
And also the more we begin to fix our eyes on Jesus, who though in his wealth became poor so that you and I might become rich, the more we get to that heart of the gospel and we become poor in spirit, the more we can live out a heart and a life of sacrificial generosity, the more we realize it doesn't matter if I have nothing because I have everything in Christ. So just encouraging you today to to live for him, uh, to go forth and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hopefully this uh, small and short message was helpful tool for you in helping to make ethical decisions. As always, you should seek God's word and, and the wise counsel of others when you're making ethical decisions. But when it comes between choosing the lesser of two evils, remember to ask those three questions. Which options least damaging to other Christian, to my Christian witness and to the glory of God? Which option is least damaging to others and which option is least damaging to myself? Make sure that you've considered every and explored every option and don't be misled by a false dilemma, by a false choice. Perhaps there is a third option. Maybe you should explore that. And finally, seek that observation, that counsel of God's word and of other wise Christians. Just an encouragement for you today. Hope that you found this teaching helpful.